Before we get to episode 184, I'd like to ask for your support of the I Can't See You podcast. Whenever you shop at Amazon.com, please use my affiliate link by going to ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. That will take you to the Amazon.com homepage. From there, you can search for whatever you need, like a shepherd's hook to hang a bird feeder or wind chimes. I'll talk more about that in the show. Again, that's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 184 of the I Can't See You podcast. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode, and I've got a few things to talk about, as I usually do. And I'm going to start off with what I talked about last week, and I actually took that medicine that I had to inject myself with. (laughs) And it actually went okay. Now, I have to be honest with you, when I thought about taking it, I thought, I'm going to be in trouble because what if instead of sticking it in my leg, I stick it in one of my fingers because the way it's told, you're told to inject yourself, you take your thumb and your index finger and you pinch a bunch of skin together. So you have a little bit of mound of skin there. Then you jab the needle in. It said like a dart throwing motion. Now I didn't throw, (laughs) I did not throw it with that velocity into my leg. I simply touched my skin to make sure it was my leg that it was going into and not my thumb or forefinger. (laughs) And I, once I verified with Liz that it was in deep enough into my leg, into my thigh, I then pushed the plunger down until all the medicine came out. One thing that scared me too was at the end of pushing the plunger down, it made like a bubbly sound. And I, I got a little nervous that did I just inject air into my into my body somehow? And I don't know that I did or not, but I, I survived. So the only thing now that I have to worry about is <laughs> some sort of crazy side effect because the normal side effects... Uh, any kind of itching or burning at the injection site or some sort of allergic reaction where my face would swell up or my throat would swell up. And then, of course, I'd have to get immediate attention because I wouldn't be able to breathe. And I just envision envision Liz doing a uh, tracheotomy on our kitchen floor with uh, one of the straws that we may have laying around and uh, Ziggy watching, wondering what's going on, probably trying to get the straw from Liz. But that didn't happen, so that's good. The great thing about this medicine is that I don't have to take the next one for four weeks. So around the middle of July or so, the 12th of July, I actually didn't take the medicine until the other day. Uh, I was going to take it on Friday the 10th, and by the time Liz got home and everything was set and done, I didn't want to take it that late. So I, I figured, okay, well, I'll take it Monday or Tuesday, And uh, I did take it earlier this week. So it's been a couple of days. I felt okay afterwards. Everything seemed good. It's funny because even that night, I started to feel better. Now, I'm not 100% sure that it was from the medicine or all the turmeric that Liz used on my shrimp that night for dinner. (laughs) And turmeric does have those properties, anti-inflammatory properties. And when I use them, Uh, When I use turmeric, which I use every day, I do notice a difference for a few hours in the afternoon after I have uh, my omelet with turmeric in it. 
So I did feel better. The next day I didn't feel as good, so I kind of think it was a combination of the medicine and the turmeric. I have felt better than I did before I took the medicine, but it's still not great. My fingers are still swollen and my feet still hurt, my knees hurt and whatnot. But I'm hopeful that the next time or as time goes on, I, I don't quite know how it works because, again, I don't take it a, for another three and a half weeks. And then from then on, it's every 12 weeks, which is great because I, I don't have to worry about taking something like that. But I am taking Tylenol in the afternoon and then at bedtime I take Advil to help with the pain and manage the pain. And hopefully, as I take more of this shot... I will be able to at least get off of one of those, whether it's the Tylenol in the afternoon or the uh, Advil at bedtime. And usually I take the Advil at bedtime because if I don't, when I wake up the next morning, it is just so hard to move. Even when I take the Advil at bedtime, it's very, <laughs> it is very difficult to get going until usually a couple of hours after I've been awake and had a shower and everything else. Um, it usually starts, I start to feel better when I start playing with Ziggy and uh, it doesn't start off that way because he likes to go under our coffee table with whatever I'm chasing him around, whatever he's got in his mouth, a ball, one of Liz's slippers, uh, a Tazo, an empty Tazo box that he loves. Um, so when I try to go under the table to get it from him and I have to get down on all fours, it kills my wrist. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But all turned out pretty well with the shot. And I was kind of surprised, to be honest. What was really funny when I opened the medicine was they had this, I don't know if it was instructions, I don't know if it was everything they could possibly write on a piece of paper, and I'll put a picture up on the show notes of this pamphlet that was in with the needle. I took the picture of this paper on our bed, and I didn't move it, and when Liz went up to go to sleep that night, she thought there was another blanket on the bed. It's that big. It was probably... Uh, either a foot and a half by four feet or a foot and a half by three feet, maybe. Maybe it was two by four. I don't know. But it was a big thing with words on both sides. And not just a couple words. It wasn't made for people who can't see. It's a whole bunch of printing on both sides. I don't even know where I would begin if I wanted to use that to, <laughs> to figure out how to take it or what the side effects are. Basically, Liz Googled how to take this medicine and went to the manufacturer's homepage or, or the page for this drug and um, went from there and got the instructions there, which is very different, as I mentioned last week, very different from when I took Humira because Humira, they sent a nurse out to show us how to use it. And that was in one of those, as I mentioned last week, one of those EpiPen-like things where you basically just had to put this thing up against your skin and it was this big round thing that on the top had this button like you were blowing up something and you just push the button needle went in injected the medicine in then retracted and you put the whole thing in a sharps container this thing that i used for stellara was an actual needle and now is in a sharps container so it was very different and it it's the first time i ever injected myself with anything with a regular needle like that so uh, it was a very different feeling, and I was a little worried because that day my hands were killing me and my thumbs were killing me. So I thought, oh, am I even going to be able to do this? But I wanted to do it on my own. And, um, <laughs> and I'll talk about that in a second, about being independent. I wanted to do it as much as I could on my own uh, to see how it was. And would I be able to do it 
obviously Liz is checking all the dates and all the lot numbers and everything else. And I don't know if she had to check the medicine. With the Humera back a few years ago when I took that, you actually had to look at the medicine through this window on this plunger thing that you, you uh, took the medicine from to make sure it was clear. No, I don't think it mentioned that. And again, so far so good with the medicine. Again, only the catastrophic side effects are uh, still out there, I believe. You know, cancer, death, whatever. Uh, but for now, like I said, I, I feel a little bit better and we'll see how it goes moving forward. And, uh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll, do, we'll just ho- hope for the best. Uh, again, things were getting pretty bad with the psoriatic arthritis, so I had to do something and make a change, and we'll see, again, how it goes. Now, I mentioned about being independent. Uh, I got an email or text message, I guess it was a text from Frank about the NFB, ACB uh, thing that I talked about last week with um, Greg, who had sent me an email asking what the difference was between the two, and I really don't know. And Frank had said in his text that the NFB is very, really pushes independence. And maybe that's why I gravitated towards them and why I like it as much as I do. Again, it might not be for everybody. And like I said last week, whether you're in the NFB or you're in the ACB, it will just be very beneficial to you with any of the organizations, because you'll learn from other folks who are like you, who have low vision or no vision, and you'll learn different things, how they do certain things in the kitchen or how they walk and find uh, the entrance to a building when they're in the city, things like that. And again, it's somebody who gets where you're coming from, whether, again, blind people are the same whether you're in the NFB or the ACB. Again, it's great to pick one and just start going to the meetings and meeting people. And it, again, it'll be very very beneficial. Now, I haven't reached out yet to the ACB. Uh, I have been super busy, and I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but Frank was saying the independence thing is huge with the NFB. And I agree. After, after seeing some of the things that have gone on and at different events that I've been at, where there's some NFB folks and some non-NFB folks. And the difference with the NFB folks, they're getting up and getting their own whatever, pizza, their food, whatever it is. And the other folks are allowing people to serve them. I'm not talking about a waiter. I'm talking about other people there, people with sight, uh, to, to do that. And I think back to when Liz and I were in Vegas a few years ago at the... Uh, NFB convention there in 2019, a couple of folks were looking for the waiter or waitress so they could get some more coffee, and Liz saw where the coffee was, so she just jumped up and ran and got it, and, you know, got it for everybody and that wanted it. Obviously, if you didn't want it, she didn't give it to you. <laughs> but that, that was a little bit different. That was at a banquet type of thing where there were waiters and waitresses. I'm talking at a at a picnic, let's say, where people are... Uh, going up and getting their own food. Uh, Listen, the blind folks were double dipping as much as the sighted folks. That is the big thing. And that is something that, as I've mentioned on many episodes, that I always strive for to be independent. When I was out uh, a few weeks ago with my friends, uh, some who I hadn't seen in a while, uh, I had to to use the, the men's room. 
And when I got up and I asked one of my friends, I said, oh, the men's room's straight ahead down the aisle, right? And he's like, yeah, you can use either one. They, they had switched from uh, having one men's room and one women's room. It was single person uh, bathrooms. So I could use either one, whichever one was open. Uh, and I don't know how this restaurant got through it because they were not handicapped accessible. So I don't know if you were in a wheelchair, I guess you had to hold it. Um, when I got up to go, I grabbed my cane and I started to go and everybody said, oh, do you need some help? Do you need some help? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll get there. And I had to go up a couple of steps and through a door, uh, which opened out and to the right. <laughs> and that's one thing. If you're ever with someone who is blind and you're opening a door for them, you can tell them, I'm opening the door for you. It's opening out into the right or out into the left, just so they have an idea of once they walk through, if they know they have to go to the left, let's say, and the door opens out into the left, it doesn't matter. But if the door opens in into the left, they know they have to take a few extra steps before they can make the, the turn. So again, best to tell them door opens out, in, and which side it's opening on. So you also know when you get to the door, you can put whichever arm up so you can hold it open for yourself and go through. So I made it no problem and I got back no problem and that was that. So it's always something that I've always wanted to be independent on my own when I, at least I want to try to do something on my own. And, and a lot of times when I use Uber, I feel like I'm cheating because they come right to the door and they pick you up wherever you are. Now, there have been times where the Uber will park across the street or whatever. And I've always, as I mentioned last week or week before, I am always, I've always been not 100% thrilled with crossing a busy street, especially in a city. Now, it's a little different if it's from a one-way street to a one-way street. It's, it's not as hairy. But again, when you can't see the light and if there's not a lot of traffic, you can't gauge what light is green and what light is red. But in general, you know, it's easy with an Uber or a Lyft or rideshare, whatever, whichever you choose. So again, being independent has been my big thing. Now, I mentioned in the intro when I was pitching ICANSEEYOU.com slash Amazon, I was talking about a shepherd's hook. And you've probably seen them with bird feeders on them. It's basically this metal pole that goes in the ground and has a hook on the end that you can hang a bird feeder. Most folks use it to hang a bird feeder. Well, Liz, for one of her year-end gifts, got this wind chime, which is very nice. It sounds very nice outside. But we didn't have any place on the house to hang it, so she got this shepherd's hook from Amazon. And we took it out back and we put it, we didn't want it too close to the house either because we thought it might either annoy somebody in our house or one of our neighbors. And I'll talk about that in a second. So we put it out back by our trees. Now, it may be a little too sheltered back there to get a lot of, make a lot of sound, but we found another way that it makes sound. Because it's not that high up off the ground, Ziggy can get to it. And we were fearful, and he may still rip it to shreds, even though it's got metal uh, cylinders that make the noise. Obviously, everything is connected by rope or string or whatever. And it's got this big wooden circle that catches the wind and makes the, the main rope you know, swing around with, their, the, with the disc on it to hit the different chimes. 
Well, when Liz was hanging it, he was jumping all over her trying to get to it. And we're like, uh-oh, this thing is not going to last long. And it's, it's a shame if it didn't because it sounds very nice. So now, a lot of times when Ziggy goes out, he goes for it, but not like he's going to rip it to shreds. He goes over and he nudges the round wooden thing at the bottom so it makes a little bit of noise. The other day when I was out there, yesterday when I was out there, he nudged it a couple of times and then just walked away. Like he was just trying to hear how it sounded, which was great. And I'm hoping at some point, Jane One's video of it, I'm hoping at some point that I'll have video of it. But because I am probably four or five steps behind him, by the time he gets there and does it, I'm not close enough to get a good shot. So we'll see how I fix that and if I can get some video of it, because it is funny how he does it. Um, he, He actually looks like he likes listening to it, which is funny. And again, that's called a shepherd's hook if you want to get one at Amazon using com slash Amazon. So, and I would appreciate that, by the way. And again, you don't, you can buy anything there. It doesn't matter what you buy. Uh, most things have a commission. Some things don't, but most things have a commission. And uh, I would really appreciate that. So on the show notes page, as I said, I will put a picture of the pamphlet that was in with the medicine, which is huge. I'll also put a picture of the shepherd's hook. And if I can get one with Ziggy in the meantime... Uh, nudging the things. I will do that as well, but at least I'll have the wind chimes on the shepherd's hook so you can kind of get an idea of what it looks like uh, if you're sighted. If not, there'll be some description and it'll be just like I just said (laughs) because I'm going to type the description. I mentioned our neighbors and as I've said on many episodes, the housing development that we're in, uh, the houses are twins and they're very close together Obviously, the ones that are twins are very close together, only separated by a cement wall, which, by the way, is great to throw a ball when playing in the house with Ziggy. It bounces off there nicely, and he loves going after it. Sometimes I get a little worried that he's going to run head head first into the cement wall, but as of yet, he has not done that. He knows to play it off the wall, not to like he's going to save a home run. The other houses are close, and we share a driveway with our other next-door neighbor. So we share a common wall on one side and a driveway on the other side. Well, our neighbors on that side have moved. They moved out last week, and the house is now for sale. So if you want to live next to us, I'll put a link in the show notes. I am so hopeful, I shouldn't say I, we are so hopeful they get their asking price because it would be a substantial increase from... What we paid even just two years ago when we bought the house. So we're still on the fence. And I said to Liz yesterday or the day before that she's like, if you want to look to move, you, you know, we have to do it. As I said to her, we can't just say, okay, we're going to move here without going to look at it. And talking about the NFB convention last week or week before and me not going because Liz wasn't going because she wasn't comfortable to get on a plane. That really limits to where we would move. That would mean jumping in the car and driving for 10 hours, 12 hours. Our neighbors moved to Jacksonville. They actually have a house in Jacksonville that they were renting out. They were renting it out up until about a year ago. And I may have mentioned this way back when. They were renting it to a guy that played on the Jaguars. And he ended up trashing the house before he moved out. So they had to go down and fix it up. And they would go down 
since he moved out, they would go down and stay there for long weekends. But when they came back because they had misjudged or the movers had misjudged the amount of stuff that they had, and they had to bring a U-Haul on their own back up from Florida, fill it up with the rest of their stuff, and then take it back down there. They told me it usually only takes around 12 hours to drive from here to Jacksonville, where they live. And I thought, you know, 12 hours isn't too bad. So maybe we'll consider Florida. I, I don't know. I just don't envision Florida really being in our budget for where I want to be. If we want to live in the middle of the state, maybe. But anywhere near either coast, it's probably out of our budget, especially if we don't want to have a mortgage. If we want to have a mortgage, yeah, we can could certainly take something along the coast, either coast, Gulf or Atlantic. But I really don't want any kind of debt to, to move. And we'll see what happens with that. But I would, I would love to live near the beach. And again, I haven't given up on that hope, but it just seems like it's uh, a little bit further away now than closer, even though I was so hopeful when Liz told me she didn't want to go back to Walden. And she is now officially done, other than handing in her laptop, which she has to wipe from all of her passwords and all sorts of things like that. And she'll do that in the next day or two and turn it back in. And so then she's going to need a computer. So we have to do that. And I'm hoping that she'll be able to use the Apple discount for educators um, as long as we get the computer this month because she still has paychecks coming and can prove that she's a teacher. And I mean, she looks like a teacher. (laughs) So we're hopeful that something comes up that way, or at least I am. I don't know about Liz as far as moving. Uh, I start next week, I believe, with helping Kirk out in his business enterprise program stand in one of the federal buildings in Philadelphia. And we'll see how that goes. I originally thought I was going to start on Monday, but it turns out I have a doctor's appointment. And uh, that appointment is with my retina doctor. And I have still noticed, even though, and I know I've mentioned this right before I had the surgery, I noticed something on the nasal side, lower portion of my eye, that looks kind of like the curtain, kind of similar to the curtain that I had when I had the detached retina back in 2017, which I'm not going to lie, and I've said it every time I talk about it, that is the worst surgery and recovery that you could have, I believe, for your eyes. Again, I've had a few, 18, and that was the worst one. I've only had that once, thank God, knock wood, whatever. Uh, but I don't want to have that again because that just it's just brutal. So I wanted to mention one more thing before I close it out. And I have been working on That Real Blind Tech Show's website. And there's a couple of things that I realized as I'm working on this site. One is how much I really like making websites. And I was thinking back to when I first got a computer, which was a Commodore 64 back in the day, and I printed out basically a fake newspaper front page on a dot matrix printer. (laughs) I know, I'm dating myself, I know. And I just remember how cool that was. And while I'm putting together this website from scratch, which is very cool because I don't have to go grab stuff from one old website and manipulate it, I'm doing everything from scratch from the beginning. So it's I'm just dropping in things and and different things. 
a couple of things that I'm finding out, and that's the thing that I am not happy about. Some things that I thought would be universal when I made a change here, I thought would be universal across the site, is not that case in some instances. For example, some of the graphics on the site show, and I'm using, I'm using a theme that has different uh, Spotify and Google Play and YouTube logos on the podcast page. Well, it has an iTunes for Apple, Apple iTunes. Well, of course, Apple iTunes isn't a thing anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. And so I, I grabbed the badge that has listen on Apple Podcasts and I put it in. And I thought, okay, this is good. That'll take care of all of them. And as I go around, as I'm checking each page and I'm doing things, I then notice, oh, it's not universal because here it still says iTunes. So I'm having to go through and find that. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about last week that I kind of ran out of time, sometimes when I work on a site in WordPress, there's just one little button. There's a button somewhere, and sometimes I inadvertently click it. Sometimes I can't find it to click it. And that's been the case. I was very close to finishing, other than having the podcast episodes up there, I was very close to being done everything else. And I don't know if I clicked the button by accident. I don't know what happened, but that set me back a week or so because I couldn't find what I had done wrong. And I asked a friend, and my friend said, oh, check this out. And I went and I looked and I found it. And sure enough, that's what it was. And then along those lines is the footer. As I mentioned before, there are different places where you can go and make a change once, and it changes them on every page. Now, in the theme that I'm using called Generate Press, there is a whole footer section that I thought I would go in and I could add the copyright tags and fix all the links and change the, uh, add the logo and whatnot. Well, I did all that and it still showed the same stuff that was there before. And again, I couldn't find where to do it. I looked in this one spot, I looked in another spot, couldn't find it. I went back to my friend in England and I said, hey, how come I can't fix the footer? What's going on with that? She said, let me take a look. And she looked in the one spot that I didn't check. <laughs> And it's called Elements, and it was in there. It wasn't in the Generate Press area. It was somewhere else, in the Appearance area. So it turns out it was there. But as I'm doing this, I'm getting faster and faster with using this theme, this Generate Press theme, which I'm hopeful for because I've also been working on WhiteCanesConnect.com, which, as I mentioned on an episode of White Canes Connect that is yet to publish, on our, it's an anniversary episode that'll come out next week, and I'll talk about this week's show in a minute. When you are a plumber or a carpenter, your house is probably the last one that you ever do. If you've got a, a leaky faucet and you're a plumber, you don't do that first because you're out busy fixing other people's leaky faucets. Well, <laughs> I started working on this website probably six months ago or eight months ago. Now, some of it is I don't have all the content. I don't have a bio from Lisa. I don't have a bio from Stacy. 
I don't even know if I have a bio for myself. I know where I can get the bios for myself, but I, I don't know that I even put it up there yet. And other content is needed. But the cool thing is, and I've been working on this on That Real Blind Tech Show website, I'm now importing all the episodes. And it was going great at the beginning. The first 10 or 15 episodes, all the links were working and everything was good. But when I got to episode 15 or 16, none of the links worked. They just showed up as plain text. Even though it was HTTPS, blah, 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 it still just showed up as plain text. And I don't know why. So I had to go to each link and then make it a link and finish the episode. So it went from taking me six to 10 minutes to do a page after importing everything. It's now 10 to 15 minutes. So I'm 20 episodes in. And the other th- <laughs> one of the other things that has slowed me up, and it's kind of funny, to make sure I get all the tags and I don't leave anything out, I scan the page a little bit when I'm, when I start working on it. So I can put the right tags in and Apple watch, Apple, um, or iOS or Mac OS, whatever. Again, so it helps with SEO, but sometimes I will, well, not sometimes, every time I will, as soon as I open the page, I click on preview to check it out, how it looks, but primarily so I can hit the play button and start to listen to it. And as I'm listening to it, I'm laughing as I did the first time I heard the episode And then I start remembering, there was one episode, episode 12, had the folks who were from Maccessibility, and their names are Holly and Darcy. And I remember exactly what I was doing when I was listening to this episode. I was shoveling the driveway from, with snow, and I'm listening to this while I shoveled. And I, I thought back to that day, and and then I had to look to see what date it came out, and it was the end of December uh, of whatever year that was. I don't know if it was 20 or 21. I guess it was, I guess it was 20. And I remembered being out there and then every once in a while my neighbor would come out again, because we share a driveway and they would come out to help. And sometimes he would use his snowblower, which I don't know if he moved with him down there. Cause I don't think he's going to need it in Jacksonville. He would do the snowblower and then we, Liz and I would do the entrance, you know, where the snow plow plows you in and we would dig that stuff out and, and clean off our steps and, and try and take care of everything else. The biggest thing, because we share the driveway, we would try not to drive on it because it wasn't going to mess up just us. It was also going to mess up our neighbors. So I remembered listening to that episode specifically while I was shoveling the driveway and I thought that was cool. Now, most of the other episodes, if not all of the other episodes, I listened to while I was doing the dishes. And so that all just ran together. (laughs) But it's funny how I remembered even a year and change ago, a year and a half ago with some of the episodes and thinking, wow, this is that long ago. I remember exactly listening to this and thinking whatever I was thinking at the time, thinking the same thing now. And I thought that was kind of cool, but I'm 20 episodes in. So I've got, I think they're up to 86 episodes. So I've, I've still got 66 episodes to do. But in the meantime, when I have a a minute here or there, I go back and I check each of the other pages to make sure everything looks okay. I still have to edit some photos, which takes me a long time, again, because it's hard to do when you can't see. I want to have this site up. I'm hoping to have it up. I, I was hoping to have it up by Friday, tomorrow. I'm recording this on Thursday. Um, the day it drops. Hopefully the day it drops. <laughs> Sometimes it drops early Friday morning. And I think because of the images, uh, it might not get up till the weekend. 
and I have some other things. And obviously there are some, I made some executive decisions that aren't really mine to make, but Brian and Ed will have to, and Allison will have to go in and take a look and say, hey, does this sound okay? If not, let me know what you want there. Uh, and we'll go from there. And there's going to be all sorts of things. I'm not constantly checking it for accessibility. And so that's going to come. I know there's some things there. I'll probably have to fix at some point or another. I know one thing. There's alt tags on all the images. <laughs> that I can tell you. So that won't be an issue. But once I have that site done, I will put a link to that. And I've also started working on another website and it's kind of become hairy because I have these sites that I have to do and I'm doing uh, one other thing that I have to get done before I start this BEP job next week. And I've been pushing and pushing and pushing to get it done, editing the latest episode of White Canes Connect uh, so there's just a whole bunch of things. So if you've emailed me and I haven't emailed back, uh, please be patient. I've been, I haven't checked email. I've been checking email late at night unless I'm hanging out with Ziggy outside or something. Then I'll kind of scan through uh, as he's running around outside and I have a minute. Uh, but otherwise when I'm at the computer, I'm, I'm busy doing these other things because now it went from being able to do, uh, eight or 10 episodes in an hour uh, for the that real blind tech show now it's five maybe 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 six if there's not many links in it so uh, so please be patient and I did mention White Canes Connect we have episode thirty eight coming out probably over the weekend since I haven't started to edit yet uh, but we have a great guest on his name is Thomas Reed and he does voiceover work he does um, reading for audiobooks. And uh, he just has a, he has a great voice. He lives uh, in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. He's originally from New York. And he, one of the funny things is, and I, I couldn't imagine this, he lived in New York, moved to Stroudsburg, and then lost his sight. So if you can imagine, if you're in New York, you can get just about anywhere you need to in the city with public transport. In Stroudsburg, not so much. And uh, as he told us on the show, if he knew he was going to go blind, he probably wouldn't have moved there because it's not easy to get to public, public transport. And, and we talked about that because where we used to live in media, we had, I had quite a walk if I wanted to take SEPTA, whether it was a bus or a trolley, a uh, mile to two miles just to, get to, just to get to that. Where I'm at now, I can walk maybe a block and a half and I can get a bus, I can walk a block and a half and get the bus to go to the train where I could just walk to the train very easily. Uh, train is about a mile away. But on a nice day, I don't mind walking if I'm not, if I'm not going someplace else once I get to Philadelphia. I'm, I, I haven't walked there with luggage <laughs> as of yet from my house to the train station in Swarthmore. One day I might. Uh, but we talk about that and he talks about other voiceover work that he's done and how to start if you want to do it. And uh, it was a great interview. So again, that'll be episode 38. That'll come out later this weekend. And next week, we have a one-year anniversary episode where it's just myself and Lisa and Stacy, the other hosts, talking about our favorite shows, talking about what countries have listened. And I was surprised at what the second most downloaded country is for White Canes Connect. U.S., of course, is number one by a long shot. 
number two is not an English-speaking country. And I thought that was really funny. I've mentioned this country before because it's one of the places I would consider moving. So now you kind of have an idea. Uh, it's also a place where my ancestors came from, which I don't think that's why people listen from there. But that would be hysterical if that was the case. But that'll be episode 39. That'll be out next week. And so you can listen for that and you can hear all the places. You know, I cheaped out when I got the hosting for for this podcast, knowing that I was only going to do an episode a week, knowing that I wasn't going to have guests on every week. I only bought the $15 plan because that's usually, most months, that's enough. Now, if I do a couple of interviews, I end up having to pay a $5 overage for, for going over, which usually isn't, I, I think I've done that three or four times in the three and a half, four years I've been doing it. But if I had started, or if I pay the $20 a month, which I've considered only because this is very cool to see all the places that people have downloaded episodes. You can see all the different places. And uh, it's funny to see with White Canes Connect some of the places that have been downloaded and some places that have not. And some, some places it's only one, like Australia, I think there was one. And India, it's like four. And some places where we had a guest on from uh, the UK. The UK is only like a dozen. Um, Ireland is one and things like that. But stay tuned for next week's episode of White Gains Connect 039 and you'll see what is the second most downloaded country for White Gains Connect episodes. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's hysterical. But I really do appreciate listening to episode 184 of the I Can't See You podcast. Remember, you can reach out to me at I Can't See You podcast at gmail.com if you got show ideas, you've got questions, comments, anything you've got. Again, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. You can also give us a call, give me a call, <laughs> at 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes. You can leave questions, comments, tips, show ideas, whatever you've got. Reviews, good or bad, I'm going to play it. So if you hate this show and you listen every week, I don't know why you would if you don't like it, but you be you. Again, 646-926-6350, and uh, I will most likely put it on an upcoming episode, as long as the audio quality is pretty good. Won't matter too much what you say, but it would be fun to put on, whatever you've got. Again, give us a call. Give me a call. You can also reach out to me on social media, at David Benj, and I really look forward to hearing from you, and I really do appreciate you listening. As always, please stay safe, be well, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.